you know, when you believe this is the best time to be alive in the history of the world, this is a, a fun time to be alive, it's a fun time to be at your job, it's an interesting time to be in your industry. When you believe those things, you see opportunity that other people don't see. That's Chris Helder, and you're listening to episode 16 of the Super Dad Show. Today we are joined by Chris Helder. He is a super dad of three boys, a devoted husband, and makes his living out of his innate gifts, knowledge, and experience as a communication expert and master storyteller, something I'm sure all of our listeners want to become better at. He is also the author of three great books, two of which I've now read. One is called Cut the Noise and is all about getting better results with less guilt. I bought it off Chris after his speech at the DAG conference in Melbourne a few months ago, read it on the way back to Brisbane on the plane, and have been following Chris's work ever since. When I first met Chris for the first time, though, he was a very energetic, positive influence in the room. He did, in fact, call one of his books the ultimate book of influence, so I can see for myself that he practices what he preaches. Then, finally, there is his book, Useful Belief, which his assistant sent to me and I've been reading profusely ever since. It is the philosophy behind this book in particular that I took away from the DAG conference and have utilized. I started asking myself, is this a useful belief? What is a more useful belief? Another dad I talk to almost daily in the Superdad chat inside the app has also implemented these questions and the philosophy, and we have both talked about it with others to help them too. So Chris, it's with great pleasure that I introduce you to the Superdad show. Welcome. Thanks, Jared. It's good to be here. Good to be a part of it. Mate, uh, let's get started by finding out a little bit more about you. Can you tell us about your family? Where is home for you? And um, yeah, yeah, just give us a bit of an insight into day-to-day life and uh, and what it's like for you. Hey, fantastic, Jared. Uh, look, I um, I've been a professional speaker for the last seventeen years, so uh, sort of a sort of a crazy job and a sort of a crazy job to explain to uh, other parents uh, when you're at uh, dad situations and interactions because um, mm-hmm. well, I, I do travel around and, and I talk at conferences, uh, which is what I do. So. Uh, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, uh, you know, I, I speak uh, probably somewhere between 130 and 150 times a year. Um, that can be wow. uh, anywhere through Asia or Europe or America. However, this year I'm really trying to focus on, on, on Australia. Um, and, uh, you know, as you say, the useful belief and the useful belief philosophy has been, been very popular. So it's, um, it's, it's great to, to, to share that and share that. I'm passionate about Share, you know, share that with men particularly because I, th- I think, you know, men are going through uh, an interesting time in our history as men and, and, and um, you know, where we are and, and how we're dealing with the modern world. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so you've got three boys, which is the opposite to me. How old are they? And um, tell us about your partner and how long you've been with her. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I, 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 I am originally from Denver, Colorado, and you can hear the accent. And then I lived out in Los Angeles for a little bit. And when I was out in L.A., I, I literally wandered into a bar and I met a girl and she had a cute accent. And uh, wouldn't you know, uh, here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucy and I have been married uh, 22 years. And uh, so she lured me over to beautiful Australia. And uh, we've got three boys. Our boys are 17, 15, and 12. So, you know, doing the teenage thing at the moment and, um, you know, watching uh, – you know, watching the transition uh, of, of watching them become young men. And it's a, you know, it's an incredible, incredible journey. And were you public speaking and doing all of these events and traveling that much when the kids were younger? Or is it as they've become more independent that you've had more space to go and achieve what you have on, uh, you know, as a professional speaker? Now, going all the way back, Jared, I had a chance to, um, I was working for another speaker and, and you know, just going all the way back, my background, psychology and sociology, I, I graduated from mm. Colorado State University and, and I've always been passionate, passionate, passionate about human performance and, and how people can get better at doing what they're doing. Um, I spent a number of years selling mm. another speaker um, who shall remain nameless, uh, but uh, as I was out there selling him... Um, I, uh, you know, I sort of was doing that on the promise that uh, he was going to start promoting me, but uh, wouldn't you know that didn't happen. And, and I um, started my own company, and, and mm-hmm. I, I literally did that when my my oldest son was a brand new baby. And uh, so, no, uh, travel has been a part of, um, very much a part of what uh, 
what my business experience and family experience mm. has been. Um, mm. And I think, you know, we can talk a little bit about that in, you know, and, you know, I think I share a little bit of my philosophy in terms of cut the noise. Um, and we can talk a little bit about uh, how I think I balance that. And at the same time, how I think balance by itself is not a good, uh, a, a good visual for, for how I believe men can lead successful yes. lives. Yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. Now, uh, what I really want to ask you about for starters is a new fascination that I have with how the brain works. And it comes after doing the one, two, three magic parenting course and learning about the toggling of our brain and, you know, how that affects our children's ability to, uh, to respond. Um, what was also talked about is the reticular activating system. And I remember you explaining this in a way at the DAG conference that made me realize the importance of understanding our brains better. Can you explain to our listeners what the reticular activating system does and why it's become a part of what you teach? Yeah. Um, you know, the interesting thing, uh, you know, I, I think sometimes when, when, uh, you know, people say we have to understand our brains better and it, it can sound complicated. I, I, I like to think of it as the, the red Toyota theory and I really focus on the filter because mm -hmm. what we filter in terms of what, okay. what we see out there. And, and I, I just say the red Toyota theory, cause uh, here's how your reticular activating system works. If you are, if you are driving all day today, uh, at no point will you see a red Toyota. Uh, you will not notice one unless one probably hits you uh, short of that. Uh, but if you decided right now to mm -hmm. buy a red Toyota, the second you decide to buy a red mm. Toyota, you'd see them everywhere. And that's, mm. and that's the filter. So the filter that filters the millions of pieces of information every day. And it's no different with success and how this works. Um, I, I say to dads, by the way, that, um, you know, if you're, uh, if, if you're going through a situation where you had your heart broken and you're, you're by yourself and you're feeling alone, um, of course, what do you see everywhere? You filter for, for, Everybody else is happy. Everybody else is in this situation where they're have you know in a happy relationship, and uh, they've got their mm. little house, a little white picket fence. By the same token, if um, if you're unhappy in your relationship, uh, all you see everywhere is hot single people that you can't have, and uh, you're filtering for hot single people everywhere, Jared. And uh, but look, the reality is, is it, that's it. And and when I talk about successful people, it's like you know starting to have a useful belief, which we're going to talk about. But, you know, when you believe this is the best time to be alive in the history of the world, this is a, a fun time to be alive. It's a fun time to be at your job. It's an interesting time to be in your industry. When you believe those things, all useful beliefs, um, when you believe those things that you see opportunity that other people don't see. And if belief mm -hmm. times are tough, don't worry. Your brain will help you on that. Uh, and the media mm -hmm. will support you. You know, you're going to go find tough times. And, and, and so your brain, mm -hmm. this filter, it, it sees really uh it, it directly relationship the, the direct relationship to your, your reticular activating system is in direct relationship uh to your belief system mm. so in essence would you say that we need to focus our thoughts on what we want to see and have show up in our life because then we will with our reticular activating system and how our brain works see more of that and yeah. see more opportunity See more of the good in life rather than the opposite. I, I absolutely, and, and and I think of it sort of a little like this as well. We all we all have a reality in our life, and um, and you know we take a look at the reality. Uh, people are married, they're not married. They're in a relationship, they're not in a relationship. They're happy with a the job, they're unhappy with a job. Whatever whatever their situation is, they've got a reality. And Two things stop growth. Uh, and for the men listening to this podcast, uh, number one is focusing on complaining about pitching about things that you can't control. And, uh, and number two is, you know, we, we've all heard that. But number two is even more important, and that's focusing on complaining about and pitching about things you're not going to change. So mm. I sort of think about it like this. If, you, you know, if you're not going to change your situation, um, then we might as well have a useful belief about it because it's your reality. So... Um, if you're not going to leave that person, if you're not going to leave that job, if you're not going to go out there and just change what you're going to do, right. Then, then useful belief about it. This is, this is my mm -hmm. family. It's my reality. This is who I'm going to spend time with. And, and you're going to start to filter and find better things than if you're looking at it saying, uh, can't believe I'm stuck in this situation. Uh, this situation is so terrible. Um, and, but I'm going to stay in it for the next 25 years. Well, you're going to make yourself miserable, right? So as opposed to saying, look, I'm not going to change the situation. Mm. And if you're not going to change it, then, um, 
you know what? I'm going to find the useful beliefs in it uh, because uh, that's, you know, I think we get trapped in this world of perfection. I think men get trapped in a world of, you know, this idea that everything's supposed to end perfectly. I believe perfection by its pure nature, um, you know, is, is ridiculous. I mean, nobody can be perfect. And I think perfection gets in the way of an outstanding life. And I, it's, it's not helping anyone to try to go out there and be perfect. You don't have a perfect situation. Mm. Nobody does. Mm. And, and I think to identify, you know, what's, what's a useful belief about the situation. And by the way, sometimes change is good. Sometimes you need to leave the situation you're in. And if you do, um, useful belief. This is the best situation for me. Um, the consequences of that leaving, the consequences of that situation are what they are. Um, and uh, it's reality. Can't change it. It is what it is. And, uh, you know, for people mm. listening to this podcast, that might mean a new job. That might mean a different income level. That might mean child support. That might mean, uh, that might mean any number of things, which are just a reality. And get on with it. And at the end of the day, let's have a useful belief about it. It's not the end of the world. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I took a lot of notes um, at, your, uh, at your talk on stage at the DAV conference. And one of the things I wanted to ask you is, why is useful belief better than positive thinking? Yeah, okay, good question. Uh, positive thinking is, is a motive. So the, the reality for us all is um, there are people listening to this podcast that have been in a rut the last six days or six weeks or six months. And if you've been in a rut, uh, positive thinking is not going to get you out of it because, uh, you know, 10 o'clock is going to mm. roll around and you're all of a sudden going to have something negative happen in your day. And then you're going to say to yourself, ah, oh, now I'm negative. Um, instead useful, uh, I love that word and useful belief, useful actions. So if you've been in a rut to get from ground zero to three, uh, what are the useful actions you have to take to get from three to seven? What are the useful things you have to take action on? And, and, and just getting your brain to move to a place of usefulness, uh, which is practical mm. and it is pragmatic and, and getting out of just the everyday positives and negatives where we are driven by our emotion and, and, and I liken it to being a pinball in a pinball machine. Um, you know, the, oh, we're not in control. And, and, you know, one of the things I want to help men find is control, um, control over their situation and not be, you know, not be bounced around and, and accepting the reality of their situation. So to me, useful belief and useful actions are, are infinitely uh, more effective than, uh, than trying to be positive. I love that. I love that. And one of the questions you ask the audience is, why is this the best time ever to be a dad? Yeah. And you're on a dad <laughs> podcast. I want to ask you, why is it the best time ever to be a dad, Chris? S simple, because this is the time that we live in. And, uh, you know, you hear people say all the time, oh, the good old days in 1972. And you know what? I don't know. You know, yeah. everybody everybody can reminisce about good old days or, you know, 2002 or whatever the, you know, the reality is this is, this is when we're living. We're living in the right now. And here's useful belief. This is the best time ever to be a dad. And if I believe mm. that, mm. Um, if I believe that an amazing thing happens, Jared, I become a better dad because I'm actually dialed into what's going on in the year 2018. I'm focused on what's happening today. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying uh, today. Um, I'm not thinking about another time zone. I'm ultimately I'm present. So, um, you know, best time ever, man, 2018, mm. 2018. That's what it is right now. And uh, if you play this podcast in 2022, 2022 is the best time to be a dad. And uh, if you play it in 40 years time, then 2058 is the best time to be a dad. Um, and it is because it is. And to do anything else is not useful. What's an example of a useful belief when our kids are pushing our buttons? Do you have some examples from your own life? Well, look, there's a, probably a couple things. Uh, I think um, when you take a look at that, I, I think being a, being a parent, again, every single parent, every single dad listening to this podcast has kids that push their buttons at different times. Um, and that's totally, completely normal behavior. So I, I say a couple things on that. Number one, it, it is useful to be conscious. <laughs> and I say be conscious. I think just really being conscious of, of getting sucked into sucked into reaction instead of actually, you know, really thinking about how we want to respond. Um, I think again, expecting, um, expecting our children to be perfect is, is not useful. And um, they're kids and kids, part of being a kid is to test boundaries. And 
you know, if you've got a five-year-old testing boundaries, that's that's part of life. If you got a fifteen-year-old testing boundaries, that's part of life. And and mm. and I think mm. having a useful belief that that you know, kids need to be kids too. Um, you know, I see, uh, I, I do see a lot of dads right now, and I see a lot of moms for that matter as well, who who wrap their kids very much in in, in this cotton wool world that we live in, where you know, we are afraid for them to push a boundary and jump off a swing set all the way through to, you know, we're afraid for them to play a contact sport through to we're afraid for them to go to a party where there's alcohol. I mean, you know, all things that were probably re- realities for every single person listening to this podcast. And, and and I think, you know, we learn as human beings from risk. And, uh, you know, that is how we learn some of those boundaries. So, so let me say push the buttons, uh, pushing the buttons is normal. And I think, I think as a dad, that's a useful belief just to have that I'm excited. Would you, would you change that around straight away? I was just saying, would, would you change that around for starters and not even have those words in your vocabulary? This is my child pushing my buttons. It's this is my child's developmental stage right Perfect. now. Perfect. There's a reason behind the way that they are acting right now. I need to tap into that. And what is the best way that I can connect with my child right now and help them through this? That's a useful Great. belief, isn't it? Total useful belief. And it's a shift of perception as well because, you know, again, think about if they're pushing my buttons, that's actually a first perspective, first <laughs> position situation where it's about me. Um, you know, mm-hmm. to shift out of it and, and be in a, you know, the, a second position, which is to really look at it and go, you know, what's going on for them? And as a dad, I think the ability mm-hmm. to, to not make it about you and actually think, yeah, this is a normal part of their, their process. Let them play, right? And, uh, you know, um, it, it's not the end of the world to get a bloody nose. It's not the end of the world to, to skin the knee. It's not the end of the world, you know, to have a 15-year-old come home and, you know, have tested the boundary as, as they're, uh, you know, vomiting in the toilet bowl. I think, I think these, are, th- these are things and these are not the end of the world situations. I think um, at the same time, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, there's people listening to this who are teenagers who, who are in trouble, who are teenagers who are really, truly testing the boundaries. Uh, and, and, and again, you know, to, to put that into, you know, in, into frame, um, mm-hmm. it is most useful right now for me to dial into what's happening to my child. And, and sometimes, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about it, but I'm a big believer that this work-life balance stuff is absolute garbage. It's rubbish. And, and I think, you know, mm. sometimes you need to be at work. And um, by the way, I hear a lot of dads say things like, oh, work's not important. You know, it's all about the kids. And, 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 and I, I, I disagree with that vehemently. I, I think um, success is important. And I think it doesn't, that doesn't necessarily have to translate monetarily, but it has to translate in terms of success. I think the pursuit of success mm. is important. I think uh, work is mm. important. I think most of all, I think modeling success and successful habits and successful behaviors are, are, are hugely important. And yes, spending time is important. But if you're spending 100% of your time with your children and you're, you, and you're modeling failure behaviors, then I think that's a problem. I think that's an issue. And, and I think by the same token, mm. if you're working 100% of the time and you're not, uh, you know, you're not spending time, that's an issue. Sometimes in a situation mm. where you'd have a teenager who is, who is off the rails, it, it, we have to focus on that. And, and you're going to shift back. So again, sometimes... Sometimes your focus needs to be work. Sometimes your focus needs to be home. And, and, and I don't think that ever balances uh, in a, any sort of 50-50 environment. I think it's being conscious of success and being conscious of presence. And sometimes your teenager needs you to be there. Now, look, it's probably a great uh, opportunity to jump a few questions and ask you about your philosophy of accelerated focus and how it can help us as super dads because uh, yeah. when you talk about balance being a, a, a fallacy or, or not a useful thing to be uh, to be focusing on achieving, yeah. um, you know, obviously we've still got so many things that we yeah. need to yeah. have on our plate at once as dads. How can we accelerate our focus? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So when I um, I wrote the book, Cut the Noise, and I, and I, I identify there's, I mean, there are six things that are important to the men who are listening to this podcast, and, and that's it. There are mm. six ultimate things that you look at. You go, number one is family, and these are not in order uh, of any particular, you know, morality play here, but number one is, is family. Number two is work, and we've sort of discussed these. Number three is friends. Uh, number four is health. Number five 
is some level of me time and how we, you know, are really, uh, you know, spending time to recharge ourselves. And number six is community. And you can drive any activities into, into one of these six sort of categories. So when I actually look at these categories, and I'm talking about accelerated focus, um, mm. it's really important to identify, you know, again, that a lot of times what happens is, is we need to spend time with the family. Okay, boom, let's, let's dial in with accelerated focus. And if you're going to be with the family, be with the family. Turn your phone off, be present, be connected. Yeah. You're going to be at mm. work. Let's mm. maximize mm. that. You can't be home. So dial in, be there now. And it's not doing anybody any favors mm-hmm. for you feeling guilty about not being home. So just dial in Absolutely. on work. <laughs> Sometimes you want to be with your mates. And you know what? Be with your mates. I mean, this is an important thing. And, and, and you know, I, I think this is something that, you know, when I talk about number three, friends, I think this is something that men need to do a better job at. I think not, not so much hanging out with friends, but being there and connecting with each other. Sometimes you want to go to the gym. And, and uh, Jared, you're a fit guy. At the end of the day, Go to the gym, have a great workout, and dial into that, right? If you're there, have accelerated Absolutely. focus about the gym. Number five is me time. Mm. If, you, if you're going to go for a walk, you're going to take the, walk for, the dog for a walk. You're going to walk down the beach. You're going you're gonna, to uh, you know, spend time watching a sporting event. What, whatever it is, whatever you recharges you, you're going to listen to music. You're going to go for a drive. Just enjoy it you know, and, and try to get rid of everything else so you can really dial into that. And, and number six, community. And I think um, you know this – this sense of, uh, of, you know, if you are going to get involved in some things that are beyond everything else that are not about you, that are about the community itself, you know, focus on that. And, uh, and so it's, it's really a matter of, again, going back to that pinball and the pinball machine analogy. I just think so many people get bounced back and forth when, when the reality of it is, it's just really having a level of focus about whatever activity that we're dialed into at that time. Mm, Absolutely. So what do you mean when you write that guilt takes a backseat to purpose? Ah, well, you know what? I talk about um, a couple things in the book. And, and let me say this. First of all, I want to eliminate guilt for men. I, I think, um, you know, we, we do sometimes feel guilty that we're working too hard or that we're not seeing the kids enough and, and you know, or that you're, you're the opposite. It's work's not going that well or we've forgotten to go to the gym or you've gained some weight. Um, you know, all these things, you know, all these things are, are, are very normal. And, and, I, and I say this, one of my quests, um, you know, you take a look at men right now, I, 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 and I'll get to purpose on the basis of this, but I think this is the through line. Mm. I think a lot of men mm. feel guilty because they're not the person they want to be. Um, I think what happens next, you know, and, and I talk to a lot of men who enter their 40s, and as they enter their 40s and, you know, instantly what happens, you know, is uh, – you know, the men now come home from work and um, maybe the kids are a little bit older and they're on their phones, you know, easy when they're three and they come running up to you and wrap their arms around you. But as they get older, maybe they don't, maybe they don't wrap their arms around you walk in the door and, and maybe, maybe your wife now has her thing as the kids have gotten a little bit older. And, and now maybe there's a, a sense of uh, a lack of connection there that used to be there that, you know, you were a hero mm-hmm. when you came home mm-hmm. when they were three and one. And now all of a sudden, yeah. hang on, she's got her thing. Now, um, hang on, now I'm at work and, and here's a lot of men who, here they are at 42, 43 years old and they've got a 32-year-old boss that they want to headbutt. And, um, you mm. know, they're working in a cubicle somewhere. And, and all of a sudden they look around, they go, man, hang on, I hate my job. My kids aren't jumping at me the same way. I don't get the same satisfaction out of a, you know, conversation because my wife's not interested in what I have to do. Um, I've gained some weight. And, and so you look at these circles of importance going back to the six things of importance, mm. you know, and, and all mm. of a sudden men feel disconnected. Now, I, I want to say mm. this. I think, I think men are unhappier than they've ever been in, the, in, in human history. And, and the reason for this, I believe, is very simple. It, it, we have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of years of, of wiring, where as men, we got purpose. And our purpose was that we went out and killed stuff. That's what we did. We went out and uh, we fed the community. We went out and hunted that food, and we did that together. And we did that as a struggle where food was not readily available. And I'm a big believer in two words, uh, connection and struggle. And, and I think what happened millions of years ago is men had a simple life where they were connected to the community. There was a struggle mm. every day, and they would go mm. out together and struggle together, and they would come back with 
with food for the community. Then as they got older, right, they weren't discarded. They were honored and uh, they were revered. And we were in a situation where those older men were now the wise men who would uh, give advice and who people would come to and were revered. Now, I'm just talking about manhood here. The reality of it is today is what happens for a lot of men is they have really no sense of struggle because they have a 72-inch television set, right? And so, you know what, where we bury ourselves in a land of escape and the bottle of a, and the bottom of a bottle of scotch, the, re- the, the reality of it is scotch and a 72-inch TV are not struggle, it's escape. So that's very different. Mm. Struggle is mm. feeling like you're in the battle, you're in the game, and, and connection is about being part of a community, and the reality for a lot of men is they feel neither. Um, so talking mm. about purpose, I'm talking about dialing back to this level of purpose for men where, where they actually really identify what they want and, and what they need and how they can connect. And, and I'm all for groups like this, because at the end of the day, this is about men coming together to connect with other men, to enjoy the struggle that is life and, and get back to it <clears throat> on the struggle and the purpose piece. I would challenge everybody to write down the five things you're most, most proud of in your life, Jared. And you know what would be amazing? Those five things, none of those things were easy. The five things they're most proud of in their Mm -hmm. life, none of them were easy. And they were when they felt most alive. People feel most alive Mm -hmm. when they Mm -hmm. are in struggle, trying to achieve something Mm -hmm. that is seemingly impossible, and then they do it. That's the greatest feeling in the world. And and I talk to Mm -hmm. tons of men who are outstanding contributors, and they are successful people, and they get to the end, and they've got their house and their fancy car. And they look around and they have disconnection and they actually look around and they go, huh, Mm. is this all there actually is? And that is amazing because you think Mm. you're going to get to the mountaintop and it's going to be good. But that's not my experience. That's not my experience in in working with hundreds of thousands of people and hundreds of thousands of men is that the successful men get to the top and most of them look around and go, huh, I thought it would feel different than this. And they look back and realize, hey, Mm. it was climbing a mountain that was fun. That was really, you know, what it was about. So purpose, Mm. I say purpose eliminates guilt. I believe when you've got a purpose, I believe when you are connected with struggle around that purpose, um, what do you have to feel guilty about? You're in the middle of the war, which is when people are actually, you know, when they're in that sort of place, that's where you feel most alive. And uh, when you feel most alive, you don't have time to sit around and feel bad about yourself at every corner. Um, so that's what I'm saying. I really want people to recognize this. And, you know, that comfort zone is not, is not useful. Um, you know, just because you have stuff doesn't mean it's, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't bring you a sense of satisfaction, right? It's much more than that. It's much more than that. And I, I really appreciate what you guys are doing because to me, it's very much about, it's about dialing into this level of connection with other men. You're right. Absolutely right. Why is forgiveness critical to maintaining our personal health? Well, I think, I think Jared, if we thought about uh, men and, and chips on the shoulder, um, <laughs> I, I think when you go down the forgiveness path, there's, it can be very easy to say, you know, if I, I say, listen, forgiveness will, will obviously will help you, you know, release the chips on your shoulder and, and, and feel better about your life. And then, of course, it becomes a competition. Because people go, no, 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 no. You don't know what I went through. You don't know. Hang on. No, no but my situation, you have no idea. Um, I don't want to I, I never want people to turn it into uh, a competition of (laughs) a competition of pain. Um, But here's the reality. Um, Everybody has bad shit that happens to them. And, and you know what the, you know, I I think it really is identifying that forgiveness actually releases you from some of that Um, useful belief. Every single thing that happened uh, in your life happened for a reason. And it led you to this podcast today, led you into this, meeting today led you into this thing today which is you know today is the day you're going to launch the rest of your life and and you know what i i say you know jobs failed we had jerk bosses and uh, relationships failed and people died 
and you know what all the things that happen mm. to us in our lives and uh you know i sit back and and things aren't fair uh, i've you know i've i've buried my 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 father my stepfather and my father-in-law and uh none of them saw 70 years old and I, you know i can't quite believe that it's uh, they were all three very important people to me mm. you know the reality of it is we all have bad things happen and and we've all had bosses that were horrible or coaches that were tough or relationships that that were very 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 painful um and, and i think as you look at all these things you know forgiveness you know just at the end of the day it, it it i think it's not a bad useful belief to say people are capable of what they're capable of and and i think you know we can look back and go hey that person yeah didn't handle that well um and that person wasn't my person and you know what but I'm going to forgive them for it, and uh, uh, and that's going to help me move on. And uh, and again, I'm not saying I know there's people probably listen to this who've who've had things that that go beyond uh, the realm of of pain, and they say they would never forgive somebody, and 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 that's okay. Um, I'm not, uh, you know, mm. I'm not telling people how to live their life. Mm. I, I, I'm very much an observer of 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 human beings, and my observation of human beings is, and the experiences that I've had over you know, really, you know, 20 plus years of, of working with people is, is that, you know, we're, when we have purpose to what we're doing and when we can get to a place of forgiveness around our past and we can release that, we're actually free. And, mm -hmm. um, I know yeah. I, I believe we're, we're happier when we're free. And, and, and so I don't mean that to be a competition for people, but, uh, just think about who you can let go because <laughs> cut and run. Sometimes you mm -hmm. got to cut and just go, you know, that was a period of my life. And, and I think saying everything happened for a reason is a, is a very, very useful belief. And, and here's another one for your listeners. I, I, here's a useful belief. I think, um, I think you had the parents you were supposed to have. And is that true? I don't know if it's true or not, but I know it's useful. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes we're taught things are true and they're not true. And truth doesn't matter. And truth's a little overrated anyway. We create our own truth. Mm -hmm. um, but how's that for creating mm -hmm. your own truth? You had the parents you were supposed to have. And, and some of you had bad parents and some people had great parents and everything in between. But, but having that as a useful belief, um, it's, it's, it's your reality. You can't change it. They're your parents. Um, so what did you learn? What did you learn to do? What did you learn not to do? And I think that's... Um, mm -hmm. You know, that's pretty cool. Hmm. I'm a firm believer in that we need to catch ourselves out talking down to ourselves because so often we can be our worst enemy instead of our best friend. So, yeah. look, I'm trying to get my head around this useful belief and how people can implement it moving forward. And my question to you is, if someone has been called lazy, selfish, ugly, and knows themselves or has labeled themselves to be pessimistic, unlucky, fat, etc., how do they turn those thoughts around? Yeah, good. I, I mean, first of all, let's, let's say this. There's, um, there's a couple of things on that. And, um, you know, I think, first of all, it's important for everybody to think about the identity that they want to have. Um, and how they would want to describe themselves. And, and you know, I, I think, mm. again, it moves just to a conscious place. And we all need to think about, you know, the most important words we say to ourselves, or, or, sorry, the most important words we'd say all day are the words we say to ourselves uh, about ourselves when we're alone by ourselves. And I think, you know, if you yes. thought about that, the most important words mm. we say all day are the words we say to ourselves about ourselves when we're alone by ourselves. Uh, is it useful is go back to that word is it useful and um you know jared i'm five foot eight and it would not be useful for me to describe myself as tall <laughs> i would love to be tall in my next life i'm going to be tall i'm joking i don't you know but uh, like i'd love to be six foot six and that'd be great um you know and i think you know even in simplest terms i can't change it if you can't change it you might as well be useful belief about it i love being short and you know what mm. i am way more comfortable on airplanes than tall people um <laughs> uh you know I, I fit in a lot of places i have uh you know it, there's there's a, a million different ways you can look at your reality mm. um around those mm. things and you know um mm. some of the some of the identity pieces for me that changed um i'm 48 years old i have more energy now than i had at 38 I have more energy now than I had at 28. I have more energy now than I had at 18. And uh, you know what? Energy is a choice. That's a useful belief. 
I'm an energetic person. Mm. That's a useful belief. Mm. Anybody listening to this can make that their useful belief. I'm an energetic person. I'm a person that works on my body. Uh, that's a useful belief. I'm a person who, who is continually growing and getting better. That's a useful belief. Um, I enjoy sharing the new knowledge that I learned with my family and my children. That's a useful belief. And again, I start, none of us are perfect, you know. Um, and, and look, we're all dealing in this perfect society today. Don't worry. We talk about women, you know, having to deal with airbrushing and these fake supermodels. And, you know, hey, let's slip that right back in. Let's flip that back in the man world. I don't know if you've seen the cover of Men's Health lately, right? But those apps are pretty unattainable for most men, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's 3% of, of these guys and not too many of them over the age of 30. So you know what? Uh, the, the reality of it for, for a lot of guys is to say, hey, it's okay. You know, you're 35 or you're 40 or you're 45 or, you know, this is the age you are. Um, life begins at 70. If you're 70, listening to this podcast. Um, the one thing I'm very sure of is, you know, we, we just be conscious. Be conscious of the words you say to describe yourself, mm. the words you say about yourself. Be yeah. conscious of it because mm. if you're not conscious of it, that's when, that's when they creep in. That's when the negativity, the darkness creeps in. You know, mm. being conscious of, of what you want to not be the pinball mm. in the pinball machine. Cause, cause mm. when you are, that's when those negative things take over and you don't even realize they've take over. You just feel bad. Mm. Um, so yeah. to be in control of, of, of that, be in control of those words, be in control uh, of that communication with yourself. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Now, the most powerful statement we can make is uh on the other side of the words i am perfect that's something i um i've been thinking about lately and um look in terms of some some real useful beliefs for someone to adopt when they're experiencing poor financial circumstances right now let's get into the nitty-gritty of that if someone's really struggling right now every time the bills come in they're like I don't have the money to pay this. I don't know how I'm going to find this. You know, I feel like a failure as a provider. I know it all comes down to, you know, what we're feeding ourselves and what useful actions we're taking on a day-to-day basis in the first place. And maybe we haven't been taking them, uh, you know, to that point to find ourselves in that financial circumstance. But how do people turn that around if they really are in that financial lack mindset okay cool i i think first of all um procrastination is an interesting interesting phenomenon and and when we obviously feel bad and we have bad anchors and when bills arrive it makes us feel bad if if we're in a situation where you have negative action happens to you and you move to procrastination mode in other words you worry about it but at the same time um you don't actually do anything about it um, actually funny story. When I was at university, mm-hmm. I had a friend called Scott and this sums up, this sums up the same thing we're talking about. Um, he had an old car. Yeah. It, was, it was a great car. And, uh, <laughs> but one day I got in Scott's car and the oil light was on in Scott's car. And I said to Scott, I said, um, I said, Scott, the oil lights on in your car, mate, let's go put some oil in your car. And he said, uh, he said, no, nah, that's all right, mate. I'll do it later. And next time I got in Scott's car, the oil light was on on the dashboard. Scott's car. I said, Scott, the oil light's still on, man. Let's go put some oil in your car. I'll show you how to do it and we can do it. And uh, he goes, no, 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 no. That's all right, man. That's all right. Next time, you know, that's all right. Don't worry about it. I'll do it. Next time I got in Scott's car, fixated on the dashboard was a business card. I said, Scott, why is, I said, Scott, why is there a business card on your dashboard? And he looked at me and he said, um, I got sick of looking at the oil light. And the older I get, he got sick of looking at the oil light. The older I get, the more I like this story. And I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> every single person listening yeah. to the podcast has an oil light that's staring them, staring at them every day. And you know exactly, exactly what you're supposed to start doing, what you're supposed to stop doing, and what you're supposed to keep doing. And we start thinking about, you know, he's got the oil light staring right at him. And he needs to go put oil in it because here's the reality for all of us. We can put a business card in it. And you know what? It's just a whole lot easier to put a business card over the top of it than it is to actually action. So you know what? To not look at that thing we're supposed to do. uh, And it's just a whole lot easier. Now, here's the reality, both for anyone who procrastinates paying their bills or working on their situation. And here's the reality for anyone who doesn't put oil in their car. Either way, down the track, there will be a reality. And that reality is going to be at some point, the car is going to stop running. And 
the uh, metaphoric car for the person who's not taking a look at their situation will once again stop running. And there will be pain down the road. Now, to start to think about this now and say, you know what, I'm going to take action on this. And useful belief, hey, this is a great challenge for me, right? I've put myself in a situation where I'm going to have to dig myself out of this. Um, it's not the end of the world. It's money. Let's not lose total perspective on it, right? It's not, it, it's money. And money is not the be all and end all in the world. And also, here's the good thing. There's a lot of people that have made a lot of money coming from a place of having no money. So we have a lot of cues on how we can start to think about there's got to be a path that if I follow this path, I can start to think about how I can do this. Now, for some people, that's going to mean getting a second job. For some people, that's going to mean stop spending on stupid things, right? Either way, people have a reality, right? For some people, that's going to be making a shift or having or taking a risk or, or, or just bottom line, working harder, you know, making more phone calls and just stepping up. And all those things at the end of the day, right, are useful. Now, again, um, we take a look at, you know, we take a look at this situation. I guess I would, I would challenge people to look at the whole picture and say, you know, am I going to keep going here? Um, and maybe it's a situation somebody says, listen, oh, there's no market in my marketplace. Okay, well, hang on. Let's look at your reality. Are you able to live in that town anymore? Um, maybe there's another market in another place. You wouldn't be the first family to, to, to move to where there's a market. Um, you know, I think, I think it's sitting down going, this is my reality. What am I going to do? What does the next six months look like? What does the six months after that look like, right? What is a three-year plan? And are we in a situation where we can dig ourselves out? And more importantly, and most importantly, is how are we going to dig ourselves out? And then take action on it. Mm -hmm. And again, mm -hmm. you are a successful person. You are a problem solver. You are, you know, we start thinking about the language again. This is going to be fun. This is going to be a challenge. Think about it and identify yes. how proud you're going to be in three years when you dig yourself out of it. Everybody's situation is different. And, and, you know, I get to hang out with a lot of perceived successful people. You know, there, there's always stuff going on behind the scenes and you don't always know. And I think, you know, this is a game of life that when you're sitting there playing a comparison game and it's, uh, you know, how much do they have versus how much do I have? It doesn't lead to happiness. It leads to unhappiness. And I want to go back to connection and struggle, right? At the end of the day, you're not connecting with yourself or with others when you're in competition with every single person you meet. As a man, this is your journey. Mm -hmm. This is your journey, right? This is yeah. only your journey, yeah. right? The race is long, and in the end, it's only with yourself. And this is really mm -hmm. you thinking about how you are going to take yourself to whatever level you want to go to. And again, whether that's ground zero to two, what's the most useful thing for you to believe and do? If that's two and you want to go to five, that's great. And I work with a lot of people that want to go from five to nine. And you know what? That's mm. okay too. Um, I think success is important. And, uh, but, but if you keep looking at that business card and just go, I'm not going to look at the light uh, and I'm just going to ignore it, um, it's not going to go away. That car is going to run out of oil mm. and that is going to be pain down the track. Great answer. Great analogy. I love it. You make a revelation in your book, Cut the Noise, that I absolutely love about how giving to others is the key to our full humanity. Can you please tell our listeners more? <laughs> well, I, look, I, I, think, um, I think for all of us, we remember back to, to Christmas Day and, uh, or a holiday and uh, whatever holiday you celebrate. And I think we uh, remember our birthday and we... We remember the joy of opening a present and uh, and getting and um, uh, it's interesting. I I, I I I do meet some adults and I meet some adults that um, that when I meet them, I, I think they've never grown out of the joy of getting uh, and they they get uh, mm -hmm. they're takers and that's their mindset and 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 I think when you we all enjoyed that. And I think there's an evolution to adulthood, manhood. I think there's an evolution um, to maturity and wisdom uh, that when we get to a place that we enjoy giving, uh, that the getting uh, happens 
uh, as well. And, uh, you know, I'm a big believer that when you put things out there, that uh, your intent is to help people. Your intent is to make the world a better place. Um, your intent is to give people ideas and tools that are going to, that are going to make their life better. I, I, th- I think, I think when you drive from an intent of giving, uh, not only do I believe it comes back to you, um, but I think there's a greater sense of, uh, of joy ultimately in, in, in that giving. And, uh, we all not, like to get mm. nice things. And, uh, but I, I think that's the evolution. I think it's, uh, you know, that, that would be my challenge for all of us to think about, you know, are we getting, are we giving? And, 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 you know, as we give, I think that most people find that that's, that's where the true joy lies. Awesome. Now I wrote down a question that you asked the audience and I want to ask the same thing of you for you to say in 12 months time, this Uh was the best year of your life. What do you need to do? Keep and remove. You know, it was amazing. I think, um, it, it, and they're probably all they're probably all related. I think um, I, I think for me to walk up to you in twelve months' time, you know, I, I've got a son in year twelve, I've got a son in year nine, I've got a son in year seven. So I want to start there um, because mm-hmm. I think it, it tied in. And and you know, I was talking about there is no such thing as work life balance. And I think you know, for myself, you know, going through that journey, obviously, um, you know, I, I did a hundred and. I don't know, it was 140 odd presentations last year, but I, I know I was on 12 overseas trips and I went to America seven times. I think I went to Asia five times. And, 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 and look, I think, you know, there, there got to be the point where, you know, I'm traveling all over Australia and, and I think, you know, just this year, um, I did read something which, which jolted me a little bit. And, and it, it, it said to me that uh, as I've got this year, 12 son, um, it said that uh, 80% of the time you spend uh, with your children, you know, you spend by the time they're 18 years old. And, mm. you know, now I say that as, a, as a, again, a dad who, who balances traveling, uh, who's not always there. And I know there's many dads who traveling is part of what they do. There's also many dads listening to this that have limited access to their children. And, 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 and again, it's a reality. Um, my reality is travel. That's part of my job. To answer your question, this year mm. I'm going to maximize the time that I spend. I, I, you know, so what am I going to start doing? Even more of I, I want to be even more present with their lives when I'm with them. And uh, you know, and uh, you know, and that's what I mm. put out to everybody that no matter how much time you have, whether that's three days a fortnight or whether that's uh, you know. For me, that's that's probably a hundred nights a year in a hotel, and that's two hundred and sixty-five nights home. So those two hundred and sixty-five nights home, for me to be present. Others of you are three hundred and sixty-five nights a year home, and yet at the same time you're distracted and sitting on your computer all night long and not spending any time with your children, and you you really go oh for three sixty-five. So again, for for me, number one is to really again dial in with some time this year and some mm. and just increase that. Um, number two, what was I going to stop doing? I was really going to stop promoting back to the U S and even though, you know, they, they pay a lot of money over there and everything else to me, uh, I, I was just going to, going to, going to put that a little bit on the, on the burner and, and maybe for the next five years. And I'll, I'll, I'm going over, I've got a couple, I've got one trip to Texas and one to Hawaii coming up, but, but I'm going to limit those. So less of those, what am I get, what am I going to keep doing? Um, you know what I'm so passionate about, uh, about, human beings and I'm and I'm I am very passionate about men in their journey and men in their struggle and men having connection with each other and 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 the importance of uh, men's groups and what I'm going to keep doing I'm I'm going to I'm going to keep showing up every day that's what I'm going to do and, and I'm going to make sure that at the end of the day I'm I'm out there with the same level of passion that I'm I'm out there with every day and I you know I, I'm proud of the the, the content that, that we're putting out there uh, for men uh, and for women, but it's certainly, you know, in this context that, you know, for, for men to get some power and for men to really identify that, you know, the importance of this level of, of connection with each other. And again, whether that's a, a, a group, a, a, a footy group, whether that's a, a sporting community, whether that's a, a group of guys that get together and talk a little bit about what's going on, um, all these different aspects for men that, that are, that my job's to my job's to wake up every day and share ideas. My job is to wake up every day and and inspire and, and and put passion out into the world. And I will continue to do that. Awesome, great answer. 
So Chris, how can people work with you? Where can they see you speak next? Um, you know, how can they book you to speak? Um, where can they buy your books? Let's, uh, let's give the, the listeners a little bit of an opportunity to get in touch with you and, uh, um, what you're, what you're doing in the world, how you can serve them. Oh, that's awesome. Look, e- e- easiest place is just to go to chrishelder.com. Uh, if you go to chrishelder.com, there's some videos on useful belief. Uh, make sure you share those with your teenager and, you know, get the conversations rolling around some of those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, look, uh, you know, go to chrishelder.com. They can send me a message directly, uh, directly through the email. Uh, obviously they can buy the books there as well. But really, I suppose from my perspective, uh, if you are interested in, in having me talk, uh, the majority of what I'm doing right now is, is private organizations. So I will, I will keynote your conference and uh, we'll, talk about, uh, we'll, we'll talk about how people can improve their ability to influence other people and obviously their mindset uh, in a business context. I would love the opportunity to, to, to speak at those conferences. I do do training programs with different teams around uh, sales and influence and uh, leadership. Um, as well, you know, um, I, I do uh, public programs and, uh, you know, we take a look at, at some of those. So if somebody's just interested in hearing me speak, um, you know, I can certainly uh, make sure they do send us an email so we can register them or mm-hmm. yeah, not even register them, just so we can ex- register their interest. Um, so yeah. when we do do a public program, we can make sure that we let you know. Um, mm-hmm. So all that can happen uh, at yeah. chrishelder.com. Chris Helder, you've been a fantastic guest on the Superdad show today. Thank you very much for joining us. Hi, thanks, Jared. Thanks so much. And, uh, you know, always, uh, always a pleasure to talk about the things you're passionate about. Absolutely. Good man. Now, whether you're a dad or not, if you've been listening to the Superdad show and you love what you've been hearing, please support us. Go to www.patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash superdads online s-u-p-e-r-d-a-d-s-o-n-l-i-n-e and there are so many opportunities for you to give and get support for yourself yeah.